Hey, welcome to the Grabbing the Brisket Podcast. Hey, we're out at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. This is the 2022 World Livestock Show and Rodeo World Championship Barbecue Competition. And uh, today we were fortunate enough to have Grant Pinkerton from Pinkerton's Barbecue stop by and uh, shoot a little shit and talk a little barbecue. How you what, doing, Grant? Uh, yeah, <laughs> was good to stop by, see you guys in person, not through the screen. Right. Yeah, so, yeah uh, definitely. I think there's more of you than I thought there were, so now I feel a little outnumbered. <laughs> no, 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 you're good, you're good. How's, how's the day been? I mean, has it been pretty hectic, or is it everything going accordingly plan, or how's today going? Uh, today's been great for us. You know, we did our open category turn-in and then knocked off brisket. I was a little late getting over here. I mean, um, dessert I was a little late getting over here because um, my contest supervisor was running late, and therefore so is my turn-in. Yeah. So we got all that done, turned it in, and, you know, making my way across here. I feel like every other tent you run into somebody you know, right? Correct. So you um, kind of poke your way across the grounds, and here I am, and I'm at you guys' mercy for the next, I don't know, however long until you let me out. Right. Good. So, three hours usually. I'm an endurance kind of guy. Yeah. Like it. Like it. Okay, so Grant, Grant you have a uh, um, we have two restaurants, one here in Houston and one in San Antonio. We have Pinkerton's Barbecue. Uh, tell everybody, let, let everybody know a little bit about what, uh, what what you're putting down there. Sure. Well, uh, we have, you know, like you said, Houston and San Antonio. Houston opened in 2016, um, December 3rd. One of the things that I think is fun about that date is it's the same day 2M opened. So Asul and I have gone back. We're, we're good friends. Have since the day we both opened have gone back on like crazy shit that happened in the restaurant you know while we were opening up i lived above mine and he lived in his pit room so kind of similar you know sure and uh it was mostly stories about crazy customers and things like that and food cost or whatever you know um but we opened that one in 2016 i started a food trailer about two and a half years before that and um, before that i was a, a student living in austin and um, going to texas and um you know it, it was one of those things where i loved cooking growing up when i was about nine years old i started grilling uh, my dad always tells a story that i walked outside and he was grilling steaks and he opens the grill and i look in there and i poke him with my finger and i'm like they're done <laughs> and he's like looks at me kind of like how the hell do you know that you right know? and so he says are you sure and i said poked it again i said they're done it's like okay so he takes them off and we go inside and you know kind of like a little smart ass he's like i'm gonna cut these open and they're gonna be raw as hell you know and he cuts them open and they were great so he's like what the hell you know <laughs> so then the next time it was, he's like here why don't you try to cook these and i just immediately just loved i mean if i wasn't cooking something i was burning sticks next to the fire fire pit you know while we were cooking and then uh, when I was about 11 or 12 years old, I asked him for a barbecue pit because cooking burgers and chicken and stuff just, you know, it only takes a few minutes, right? And I wanted to spend the whole day burning stuff. Yeah. Um, and I always tell everybody the first brisket I did was awesome. And uh, I followed the uh, Legends of Texas cookbook, salt, pepper, and um, thyme on it and cooked it and it turned out great and then i tell everybody i follow that up with then i proceeded to screw up the next 50 i did because i kept changing stuff up there yeah. it is um, that's what happens and you know i went on my barbecue journey i um, went to school here in houston and went to lamar and was in agriculture class and ffa and played football um, built uh, barbecue pits for ag projects raised animals and 
I'm starting my sophomore year of high school every year I had an annual hog roast at my house with one of the animals uh, one of the pigs that I'd raise and uh, kind of looking back on it that was kind of foreshadowing you know to what my life would become um, but at the time it was just a fun uh, excuse to get all the neighbors together all our friends grab my friends been a long time cooking but there really is not a lot of 15 year old kids doing whole hog in their backyard right um, and I still to this day like I I love cooking pigs and I love cooking whole hog I love pork um, you know there's just something about it and maybe that's because one of my you know that was one of my first um, kind of soirees and you know adult barbecue um, and then I, I tell people I actually felt ass backwards into the barbecue business I was working somewhere else after graduating and uh, one of the guys that was working at the place that I was working at was having a Super Bowl party and he knew that I had um, some experience cooking these pigs and so he asked me he's like hey man I want to cook a whole hog for Super Bowl do you can you come help me out and I was like man yeah sure no problem so I show up over there at four o'clock in the morning got this pig rolling on his pit and ended up you know cooking it all day and at the end of the day he's like dude that was awesome thank you so much you know here's 120 bucks or 180 bucks and I remember like receiving cash for cooking and right, almost like a like, reward, right? You're like something clicks. I didn't, yeah, I, my, I didn't expect this. Right, you know? in my head, I'm like, holy shit! I just and I'm like I said, it was just a, it was just a job at the time, and I'm like, I made more money in the last eight hours doing something that I love to do that I really didn't feel like I was working at, um, and I was like an aha moment, right? And like I was living at my parents' house at the time, and I went back there and I told my parents, I was like. I can't believe it. You can get. I could. I could have a living where I like go and do hog roasts for people, and they pay me. And if I did like a few of these a week for people, or cooked three or four pigs a week, like I could make a decent living. And they're like, "Yeah, you know." And um, they kind of saw the light go off too, and they were supportive. And the bo- my boss at the place I was working, um, I would bring barbecue up on the um, that I'd cook on the weekends, and I'd bring it up to work. And he'd tell me, "You know, Grant, these this is great." Um, I love it. You know, you have a passion for this. You're 23, 24. You live at your parents' house. You don't have a girlfriend, and you have no debt. Um, now's the time to try to be an entrepreneur. And I was, you know, I didn't really think that was, you know, didn't too, lay too much credence into that at the time. And then he kept pushing on me. And then he cut my hours. And then he was like, "Dude, you need to do this. And you can use my parking lot to host your pop up." So. About 10 days after that, I bought a pit from the Liberty County Agriculture class. It was 25 years old, pulled it to his parking lot, and had my first pop-up. Um, it made like 2,500 bucks and was like, all right, Pinkerton's Barbecue is born. There it is. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, go there back a is. second here. You mentioned you got your first pit at 12 years old. What pit was it? What, what, did, what did you get? It was a Weber Smoky Mountain. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And I smoked the shit out of stuff, you know. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. As a little kid, you know, you're like, you know, back in the day too, everybody's like, you soak your wood chips, you put it in there, and you, you know, billow this nasty white shit out for. <laughs> yep. So and smoky. I would put chickens on there, and still to this day, my family, it's a running joke. I'd be like, hey, you guys want me to like smoke something? And like, I, that my parents cannot get it out of their head that they're like, oh, it's just gonna be so smoky. I'm like, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not too long ago, we had an Easter where we did a rack of lamb. And my dad wanted to do it in the oven. I'm like, no, let me just cook it. Now I'm. I'm a freaking professional cook, okay? He's like, nah, I really think that not doing it on the, I think doing it on the smoker, I, I don't know. And so he did his rack. Then I said, fine. So I brought my own racks over. I said, well, I'm going to cook mine that I'm going to eat. 
and so I brought it, and then like nobody ate the oven lamb, and yeah. he's like, oh, doc, very good, and well, he, he ate the pit lamb. Well, he's probably like, uh, you know, there was something wrong with the oven, the and oven, I didn't, right. you know, and it just, I think it, I think it's got kind of out of whack a little bit, but. I could see where yours had a little more flavor and the smoke and you <laughs> yeah, know it didn't the, suck. Uh, yeah, it didn't suck. I, just something, I'm gonna have yours. Yeah. You know? There's just something about dads. It doesn't yeah. matter like how good you get. Yeah. They're you know, like like a year ago my dad was over and we were hosting a bunch of people and I'm cooking pork steaks. He's like, I think those have uh, been on too long. I'm like, Dad, I'm I'm pretty good at the cooking these pork steaks now. I think I got it. And he was just like adamant, like, you need to pull those right now. They're they're bad, they're gonna go bad. That's when you just say, Okay, I'll pull yours. Yeah. yeah, you right. can eat that one. Yeah. Right. I'll eat the ones that come off in of 45 right. minutes. That's right. That's right. Well, it, uh, it's funny because once once they were actually pulled at the correct temperature and whatever else, uh, he ate like all of them. I, I wasn't even serving yet. He just <laughs> took one and ate the whole thing just like one sitting, and I was like still trying to get other things right. ready to serve. And he right. just ate that whole thing. He's like, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> and he still talks about it. You did okay, so, man. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that's all. Awesome. So uh, I, 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 you know. Me being the entrepreneur, and I've, I've always, I, I love the mind of an entrepreneur, and, and I don't think you always know it, right? Like me at an early age, I did I did kind of fall into it. I, I knew kind of that that's what I wanted to do, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to have a product, and I want to sell a product, right? It didn't, never had to be anything special or anything else, right? But uh, getting into it, and, and you'd never ran a restaurant. You'd never owned a restaurant. Your family didn't own restaurants or anything else, so it wasn't something you were born into, right? Right. Um, Explain to us, like, how many, like, I, 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 I want to say barbecue fails, but it's not barbecue fails. Like, all the lessons and everything you've learned, like, how long did it really take you to go, like, oh, my God, like, this is, I, I, I know I know you sold some, some stuff and, and did pop-ups and whatever else. There was a certain point where you're like, I'm going all in. It's got to be like, a learning curve, this, right? This, and, and then everything else, like, I, th- I feel like every every mistake is making you better, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but but like, explain some of that, like, like this wasn't, like, some rise to success and there's a lot of hard work that goes into this right yeah so yeah if you could i mean i don't know if you can or not but um well i will tell you uh something about myself i can't speak for everybody um and it was funny when we op- i opened the san antonio store and i was um sitting with the guys from mill scale and i'm pretty good friends with them and they'd come down and they said i have noticed something about you grant and i said oh, what is that they're like you are a person that does something and then you do it all the way like all the way to the end and i've always been that way i mean yeah. even uh, as a little kid playing video games it was pick it up master it put it down never touch it again right you know, i mean i'm an all the way kind of person if i'm going to go um if i'm going to go um duck hunting and i have some goal about doing something like that i'm going to freaking go 50 times in a season until i finish my goal and i'm put it down if i have a goal of opening a restaurant i am going to go freaking all in I will go harder than anybody. I will do all that kind of stuff. I mean, just for stuff, things like this, I don't know, you can ask my wife, what do we do? Um, four cooks a week, full cooks, almost full cooks a week for the last six, seven weeks. Um, that means we're not going on trips. That's we're right. not going yeah. here. We're not going out to dinner. Like, today's a cook day. We're practicing. Oh, it's raining out today. We're practicing. You know, um, so when we, you know, opened the first restaurant, I lived above it. I made a promise to um, some people around me. I said, I will knock on every door in the Heights in order to make sure this place doesn't fail. And if that doesn't work, I will knock on every door in Houston to make sure this restaurant doesn't work. I believe in my product. And um, 
I don't want to let y'all down and most importantly I don't want to let myself down and the other thing was a big motivator for me was putting my name on the side of the building because I'm not going to let that last name fail sure. you know what I'm saying sure. that's my name. reputation right it's your name um, and at the end of the day I tell my employees of this all the time you know we're one big team and I said but at the end of the day no matter every mistake you made I made you know because yeah. it's my name sitting on the side of the building right. yeah um, so you know that's just kind of how I'm geared it's like almost obsessive compulsive kind of deal I guess um, but you know I have that same thing when I was younger being like I just I want to be in sales I want to be in business I want to own my own business but I got to find a product that I believe in that's right and so that kind of aha moment that you were talking about with me was um, when I kind of after college when I started cooking some of this barbecue and giving it to people and eating it, I mean, like, shit fire, this is as good as some of, some of, in my opinion, this is as good as some of the best there are right now, you yeah. know? Or, like, you know, it can definitely hold a candle to anybody. And um, kind of that belief, I mean, I, and I've probably taken some heat over the, the saying this in the past, but, like, when I came back here, I said, this is the, I'm from Houston, this is the largest city in Texas, when I got back here in 2013 or 2012, the barbecue coming from Austin, the barbecue here was nowhere close to what was going on there. Um, and I said, we live in the biggest city in Texas. We have all these business international travelers and they're coming here and they're eating Papa's barbecue and they're leaving Texas going, Texas kind of barbecue kind of sucks. Right. And I'm, my goal was I'm going to be the dude to change that. Or, or, or they leave here thinking, Papa's or that type of barbecue is what Texas is, right? right. It's not. And, and it's not. And they, they may leave happy, right? It, it, and that's like that's one of the things that if you don't know, you just don't know, right? So you, you have bad barbecue, and you're like, or, or just mediocre barbecue, and you're like, oh my god, I had great barbecue, right? And I've heard people say like, I, I like this, you know, whatever restaurant. And I'm like, that's not good barbecue. Like I, I mean, I, I've ate there. Like I, mm. I know, I know what they have. Uh, that's like. It's consistent middle of the road barbecue. However, what you're putting out there is a it's not middle of the road. Right. Right. And so when somebody tries something like the barbecue you're putting out, it's almost like, oh my God, this is this is yeah. what barbecue should taste like. Well it right? does it does create a problem because you can't go back. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you're right. That was you're right. part about opening San Antonio, right? Yeah. Like you have to wade through all the people that I always tell people I said there's two types of customers, our types of customers, and then there's value customers, right? Yeah. Like I don't care who you are. You are not converting a value customer into one of my customers ever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how good the food is. They're so taken back by price and what they get. Like they're just so driven by that that they will immediately have a bad connotation with coming to your restaurant, the experience from the moment they step in the door. But what makes it all worth it is those people who have never had craft barbecue or whatever for the first time that walk in and like, they like can't shut up. You know what I'm saying? They're like, this is so great, you know, and you can tell they're hooked. Yeah, and then their pursuit happens, right? Um, it's like it's like your first hit of dope, you know. It's it's, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. that's what <laughs> good barbecue is like. Chasing that high forever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it, man. I love it. And, and we, we we just traveled to uh, we just did a remote over at uh, in Crockett for Mimsy's Barbecue. Yeah, have you been there yet? I haven't been to the location. But okay, I know Wade pretty well. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, he, hey. he definitely passed along his uh, hey, how you doing? Yeah, he did. Hey, he cool. did. Uh, but man, uh, and, and that's. It's something new for us. Like we have not done a whole lot of different remotes or anything else. Uh, we, we, our first remote was here a couple uh -huh. of years ago, where, where we were over at uh, Dennis's 
uh, for, for War Pig. But that was like oh, a, yeah, Butters? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think that was our first time we ever did a remote or anything else. And uh, Wait, was that the year that like the, the water the next, main broke? The, the, yeah. Yeah, the well, next day they closed it for COVID. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah. I was like talking to him the day before he did that podcast. He's like, okay. I got a podcast to do tomorrow and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that was us. And But look, I mean, I, I don't know, like... Like doing our remotes and and, and and we just went to like I said we just drove out there and did, did the whole Mimsy's things and, and I was like man I was blown away not I mean really I was blown by by them was their first year right their first year they got the they got the uh, the top 50 right if you really think about it I mean right and then y'all y'all reached how, how high did y'all reach on the list did y'all top 10 no we weren't top 10 the new I don't know it's kind of weird because I thought you were top 10 right. sure yeah, you should be Fucking top ten. Number yeah, one. You should be fucking being number, be number one. There it is. Right. That's good. Um, you know the Houston store. So it's kind of weird. I noticed that everybody's new store got on, which was great because yeah. that allowed the new market to find out that you opened one there, right? Right. right, right. Um, so San Antonio, they listed us under San Antonio, which had me freaking out because I'm checking the list and I, I had a pretty damn good feeling I was on it because I've been fact checked. And I'm like, okay, Houston. I'm like, what the hell? It didn't show on up on no, there. I'm okay. like, what the hell did they fact check me for? And then uh, I actually it was my wife that was checking it, and I was like, I don't know. I'm sure we're on there somewhere. <laughs> she said, I was like, check the heights or something. No, not on there. And then she's like, oh, we're under San Antonio. So the San Antonio store was where it was. But I think she corrected me, but I think they just put something else out that actually listed both locations. So. Okay. But it was the okay. first, we made it the first year in 2016. That's right. Us and 2M. Because um, we opened in December and the list came out in May. So we had actually, only, when we got tasted, we had only been open about, uh, Vaughn came three weeks after we opened. And we got uh, our theme music. I know, uh, it just came up. It just, it just <laughs> shot high. Hey. And uh, I think we got tasted in... February, March, so we'd been open three months, and we had our Texas monthly tasting, and we made it that first year. That's crazy. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And then you also had Forbes list you as uh, the one of the like thirty under thirty yeah. like most influential um, um, people in the. I guess it would be like the culinary world. Right. Uh, food and drink industry. Food and drink is super badass. And then uh, they took us. Uh, up to their cooking competition in Boston and then we went up there and beat all the chefs on the 30 under 30 oh. um, at their cooking competition too which was freaking awesome, oh, awesome. Uh, it was a bunch of guys from New York LA and all that stuff and I took a booty and firecracker up there it was a cold smoked booty and terrine on a firecracker with uh, pickled cabbage and um, onion and uh, we did a fried chicken skin crackling on top with remoulade and dude, those people up there have uh, never had anything that flavor profile, yeah. and uh, it blew their friggin' ears off. So <laughs> that was pretty neat. I love it. I love it. Representing Texas up there. Yeah, that's awesome. I always let them know where I'm from when I went. In. Good. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, and then uh, that's like at Memphis in May. I've won beef category there every year I've gone now, and every time that I've won it, I go up there and I make sure to let them know. Uh, you know, Texas MFers, you know, that's exactly. where the beef trophy's going to stay, okay? Exactly. Nice. I think they're getting tired of it. So That's and, good. They should. Uh, we'll see how that goes this year. So, so how, how long have you been competing? Uh, I know, well, I know and I, another question I was going to ask. I, I know that uh, does your 
competition barbecue style differentiate between your cooking style at the restaurant yeah. so i love to cook period and i love uh, competition barbecue because and you know what i'm one of the very rare uh, cases of guys who own restaurants in texas that actually will go compete there are a whole bunch of about zero of them yeah um and you know they want to hide behind tradition that is bullshit yeah they my opinion I love cooking competition because it's an outlet for my creativity, right? So I script. I love sauces. Mm-hmm. I love seasonings. I love making glazes. I love building flavor profiles. Um, I like thinking inside the box, as I like to say. I love the nature of competition. Like I said, I'm a little OCD, so yeah. it's an outlet for that. Um, so for me, it's an opportunity to do something else fun within the same genre, you know? And I don't really look at it as if I don't do well, that it's any reflection of my restaurant or myself as a cook. There's a lot of good competition cooks out here. Um, There's a lot of good restaurant cooks out there. But I would love to sure be known as the guy who's a great competition cook and a great restaurant cook because there's not too many of those dudes. And there's a list of about a few of them. You know, you got to think like guys like um, Chris Lilly, Mm -hmm. you know, Tuffy. You know, the list is freaking short, dudes. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of restaurant guys that maybe started in the in the competition. And once they get in the restaurant, they're like, nope, they don't I, do I don't yeah. want to tarnish the name. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. they're scared, right? Scared. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, I, I love that you offer uh, um, glazed ribs at your restaurant. Like, you can't get that pretty much anywhere. No, and that was one of the things I was competing, and I was doing pop ups, and then I had, I'd have these glazed ribs I was practicing with, you know, just messing around, and all my friends like, dude, why would you not offer these? These right. are our, these taste great. And I said, you know what? We are in we're in Southeast Texas. We are pretty much on the border of this between South and, and Texas land, right? Mm-hmm. People love sweet pork here. Yeah. And like I don't care what you want to talk about tradition this, tradition that. I'm in the business of making money. And I said we sell 168 racks a day at the restaurant. Love that. And uh, I know that that's a good number. Yes. You know? Um and people love glaze. And that's actually rolling into HEB in the middle of March. Okay. So you'll be able to buy it at 285 HEBs. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Very so cool. we'll be the only rib glaze in HEB. So if you're listening to this, keep an eye out for it in March. And I'd really, really appreciate it if you guys would go out and scoop you a bottle. There it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Hey, uh, well, so, so that's your glaze is going to be in HEB? Yeah. Okay. And the original okay. sauce. Okay. Nice. 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 I, I thought I, I almost thought you were saying like I'm gonna have a rib right in HEB like that would be badass I, I, I could do that too yeah that's right. so, so I was saying like I mean I know Killen's uh, Ronnie had his uh, he had some briskets he had the briskets in there uh, yeah. In, yeah. in HEB for a while whatever I'm not sure if he's still doing that or not or whatever I was like oh my god I actually you? bought one to turn in here Did you, you should have <laughs> there it is yeah. you should have yeah yeah no that's that's good that's really good that's <laughs> All right, so uh, obviously uh, we're here at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, the World Championship Barbecue Competition. Uh, how much of uh, the the whole organizing of the the team or tent that you're at? How much do you have? Uh, do you play a role in that, or are you just in there just cooking and getting out? Because I know this right here, it, it's a production. Like Dude, it, it, it is. It is. So uh, we do all the food at the tent. The restaurant does. Um, and they hire some of my staff to come over here and uh, they cook 
so we can take care of their food, but they kind of take care of the whole coordination, tent stuff. I provide all the pits. I do their turn-ins. It's a symbiotic relationship. And um, the first few years, I was trying to do it all and compete out here, and they had kind of hired help. And I was like, guys, how much do you pay these people? And they told me, and I'm like, look, my guy, if you would let a couple of my guys drink beer while they work, they'll be happy to have you pay them that and come out here and they know exactly what to do and then nobody's got to babysit them and right. they're not going to steal food from you and they're going to have a good time and everything will work a lot easier and so the next year they did that and it was a lot easier for me and it was a lot easier for the tent and the guys had a great time so we enjoyed coming out here and I'm really glad that I don't have to do the uh, odds and ends. I'm, I'm hoping at some point get my own tent cook under my own name and um, I'm just going to close it and it's going to be a, just a lounge with TVs and uh, sofas for uh, a refuge, if yeah, okay. you will, okay. from the rest of Cook-Off for sure. just my friends. Yeah, that uh, sounds badass. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say, uh, so John John has a uh, um, 250 uh, and 500 gallon smoker offset uh, combo that was done by Austin Smokeworks. Uh, he does have them named Johnny and June. Do you name your pits? Um, we've named the ones at the restaurant. Okay. Um, in the, kind of the same vein, we had Way- Willie and Waylon in Houston. <laughs> nice. Um, and then, uh, and we named Willie because he was the brisket pit, and he was always smoking. And uh, the uh, and Waylon was because he was up in that corner and he was a little bit of a wild child, so that's how he got his name. And then uh, in the San Antonio store, the three offset pits we have there, uh, we have uh, Sunrise Spur, Silver Spur, and Rich Mahogany. And uh, 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 Sunrise Spur is a uh, burnt orange pit. And uh, it's a thousand gallon, it just naturally was burnt orange. And it has a kind of a silver firebox on it. And then Silver Spur is a um, just an old silver thousand gallon. And then Rich Mahogany. That's just a long story for another time. Yeah. That's why that is uh, made the way it is. But uh, that's kind of a twin pit to Silver Spur. Okay. Love it. All right, so we, we have uh, Chris Stapleton uh, blaring through the uh, tent. <laughs> He's it, live here at the rodeo right it, now. It is, and it is what it is. Like, uh, you have 300 teams here competing and I don't know how many tents, but everybody's bla- blaring their music as loud as they can. Like, and it's competing with everybody. Right, this yeah. is where it comes into my sanctuary tent. <laughs> right. They'll, like, drop insulation on the walls. It's a noise yeah. cancellation, like, mm-hmm. barriers. And in, and in hot years, we'll have it air-conditioned. Yeah, we should. You should have it. And in cold years, it will be heated. Like, it's literally just a a respite. (laughs) Right, right. So next year when you see us outside, we know Grant. Can we we come in? Hey, Grant. Grant, he's going to do this. He's going to look. I said the sign's going to just be the tent with no name. Yeah, right, right. right. People are like, what the hell goes on in there? It's going to be like nothing. uh, Nothing goes on, actually. I I saw some, uh, um, or shit, it it may have been a TikTok or something like that, but uh, this goes back to Disney and Disneyland and all the resorts uh, where they paint buildings a certain color so you don't see them. Like, it's, it's like a light, light blue or some type of, like, green or something. So... 
they do it specifically because they've done like like they've done like 500 studies or 5 million studies that say you don't see that color. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so giant buildings that are not part of the resort or painted this color, you just never see them. You just don't want to see them. You don't want to see them. Your brain doesn't want to see them. <laughs> Dude, Disney is so cool that way, man. Yeah. They're so far ahead of us. Right. You know? yeah, well, <laughs> well, they own everything, right? So, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's... Like, when I found out that Disney owned ESPN, yeah. I was like... <laughs> I, this is mind blowing to me right now, and and then and then I'm like, wait, wait, they make movies? I mean, I know they make Disney movies, but no, that they own other production companies yeah. that, and like, is Disney like the largest company that I, I've never like? I know they're large, but yeah. like, I don't know. They're pulling all the strings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at one point, think about this: everybody that had a cable bill back in the day that had the cable, like normal cable or whatever, five dollars of your bill that you had that came every month was going to ESPN. Right. Which ultimately was going to Disney. Which is like, I don't know. It's just, a, it's it's mind-blowing to me to think of like what they could command on a Comcast or a, or a Dish or whatever else. Like, no, no. I don't care what you charge your customer, but I want $5 for every customer you have. Right. right. That's mind-blowing. They just bought right? like 7,000 acres in Texas. Yeah. Disney did? And yeah. And yeah. The rumor is they're going to open up a Disney here in Texas. I actually huh. heard that it was going to be a, and this could be a hearsay, but... That it's a movie production. Um, it's a giant movie production area. Oh, maybe and it it's is. north of Austin, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Georgetown. That's what I'd heard from some friends wow. that lived in Austin area. Because people thought it might be a actual new Disney park that they were opening, but Disney said it wasn't going to be a park. That it was actually a place where they were going to start making movies. Oh, okay. I think because their California studios were, it was getting more expensive in order to do stuff over there, yeah. and it was a lot easier in their tax incentives to do it here. All I'm saying right now is, do not. California, my Texas. <laughs> yeah, I agree with if that. That's, if you're coming here with all your bad shit and you want to make more bad shit, no, don't hey, come. Damn California. Stay where you're at. Right. I agree. And you they know? can keep their tri-tip too. That's right. <laughs> I I like tri-tip, but I don't like it that much. Yeah, they can keep it and they yeah. should stop buying brisket. That's right. That's how it used to be, right? Yes. Forever. Like, we just sent tri-tip to them and they sent all of our briskets or all their briskets to us. Yeah, we were right? winning the trade war. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, by, sure. by far. And you, you know what I blame? Uh, well, I'm not going to say I blame people like you, Grant, but it's people like you that's made barbecue so freaking popular that everybody is, so a, is a, a barbecue chef now, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody has their own thing. Everybody's and I love, a pit master. I love how they tell, like, I, I love how, like, so 20 years, almost 20 years of competition barbecue uh, and cooking barbecue is, is, what, is what James and I and, and John, now Alex and Matt, right? So, for somebody to tell me, like, uh, you can't, you shouldn't do that, you're like, what do you know about, like, you, you started you started doing this six months ago, and now you're giving me tips on, on I, I shouldn't wrap like this, or I shouldn't wrap at this temperature. It's and the like, Facebook groups that yeah, are the Yeah, worst. you're like, come on, man. Like, Really, I think it's the TikTok comments. It, it is, it is. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. I think that's the most up. uneducated. I don't care how much I yeah. get scared for this. That is the most uneducated viewer base it's crazy on all social media platforms yeah. the people up in the tiktok yeah. comments well do you know why right tiktok barbecue because it's so instant right yeah. it's it takes somebody that that gratification has to happen in 30 seconds and if it doesn't right. they go to the next one right there's no learning well, there's, right. no, there's, there's no there's no process it's a younger or, subset yes. of people too that love to complain about shit yeah, yeah. 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 they're yeah. experts because they 
they watched a TikTok. Yeah, they watched exactly, dude. Yeah. They watched another one. Like, yeah, right, right. It's funny. Yeah. Well, the last TikTok I watched didn't do that, so you're wrong. Right. right. You're like, and it's always that user, was 30 seconds. It's always user two, four, five, seven, right. six, <laughs> nine. Yeah, right. We'll, right. We'll ask you, Grant, because we get a lot of this, a lot of these questions. Uh, two hot topic buttons that, that everybody likes to push. Um, spritzing your meat. Do you spritz meat? Uh, where here? Yeah. Well, during competitions? During competitions or at the restaurant? Oh, oh I will spritz my ribs. Uh, do I think it's necessary? It, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. a lot of it depends on the pits. Uh, when I used to cook on my drums, I wouldn't spritz. Um, when I would cook on an offset, I would spritz. When I cook on my CTO, I'll spritz because I got air moving really fast across the surface. Yeah. And I want to keep the top of it uh, biting through it. Um, at the restaurant, hail to the no, no. I don't yeah. spritz. That's and when I'm cooking for myself, hail to the no, I don't spritz. It's another chore and it's another expenditure you get to, to think about. Yeah, right? You also have to think about when you have multiple meats on one That's right. uh, pit and you're doing a comp. Like, how many times are you really willing to open that pit up? Just like, what are you, what are you gaining? Like, right. Is right. the other one gonna be binders? Uh, no, uh, we we already have we've already talked about binders we, we and uh, we already have our deal. <laughs> yeah. uh, love it, love it. Uh, but the other one is the, the beef tallow. The addition to beef tallow to wrapping your brisket. All right. Do you do that? I'll or? tell you that it does nothing. <laughs> um, I will tell you it does nothing. And I'll tell you, one of the guys at my restaurant does it on every single one because it makes the uh, paper more pliable. Okay. It does nothing to actual brisket, but you want to know the real secret. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this about uh, what people do with the tallow. Mm -hmm. Is they actually unwrap all their briskets right before service and dump tallow all over them and wrap them back up. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. And I refuse to do that too. Before serving? Yes. Okay. Cooked, rested. Like an hour and a half before service, they will unwrap all their briskets. They will pour tallow over it. They will wrap them back up, and they will stick them back in their warmer. Really? Yep. Okay. Just. I'm not gonna look. name names here, yeah, but yeah, I'm at least no. gonna let you in on the secret. I, yeah. I already know. Yeah. I already know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the, and there's quite a few of them to do it, and I'll tell you too that that is also a waste of time. And so I'm a, I'm like a business guy, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking about like, okay, if I'm cooking across two stores. 60 briskets, uh, 70 briskets at each store. That's 140 briskets. Let take, let's say it takes, let me get my calculator out. <laughs> let's say that it takes, we got 140 briskets. Let's say that it takes a minute and a half to unwrap tallow and rewrap and put back in the warmer each brisket. Yeah. That's 210. Let's say that I got one employee doing that at 18 bucks an hour. That's Okay. That's too much money. Dude, you start seeing how big these numbers are getting. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, that is a waste of money. Right. I totally you know? agree. Yeah. All right. Not to mention the time it takes to make the tallow, right? Right. right. Well, it's, it's like that. It's just like you're, you're, you're paying somebody to do something that could be do something different already. The more, more productive, plus you're not getting anything out of it. Now, I, I, will, I will ask you this. Uh, it looks and, sexy and on Instagram, though. It does look right. sexy. Right. It looks really sexy. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer in, in cooking, um, well, well, a couple of things. You know, you cook to temperatures for a reason, right? Uh, but I cook to a doneness. I, I cook to a doneness like the feel of, of the meat or whatever I'm cooking, right? Uh, but just as much time as I put into to cooking, um, I put into resting. Uh, you, 
and, I, and when we were talking to uh, was, it, Wade. was it Wade uh, and how long they're they're resting and whatever else uh, how what long are you say? resting uh, you want me to tell you or you want to tell us first oh I'll, I'll rest no, 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 no no I'll tell you first okay so he, he it's it could be up to like 10, 10 hours oh dude I'll go longer than that do you? okay yeah. okay say, he does his briskets basically the day before right yeah it's, uh-huh. it's, it's a day before, day before yeah. cook yeah right but it pulls and it could be a up to a 10, 10, 12 hour rest, whatever else. Which, by the way, to me is that's how good barbecue is formed. Yeah. Right. I mean, people a lot don't of realize people are doing twenty four hours. Twenty four hour rest. So we'll pull at eleven, and in San Antonio we'll pull at 11, 12. I mean, we'll start pulling at nine. The last ones are maybe at midnight or eleven, and uh, they will be served until dinner the next day. Yeah. Yeah, so so you're warming capabilities. I mean, obviously in the beginning you have a cambro, you have something something not a cambro, but you have warm something ice. you can you can keep them warm with. But but over time, are you just like are they are they cooler? Are you keeping them coolers? Or how, I mean, that's a lot of briskets, right? You mean in in the stores? Yeah, Alto shams. Okay. My walls of Alto okay. shams are my best tools. Nice, nice, okay, nice, very cool. Dude, I'll hold I'll hold ribs for five hours. Yeah, yeah, and that's. That's, and people don't realize that they, it's like it's like cooking something, cooking a brisket. You're like, I want to eat it. And you're like, no, you're not eating that now. You'll, you'll eat that in like four hours from now. Yeah, that's minimum. One of my um, you know favorite things to tell people when they're trying to like they're like, what time should I start cooking? I'm like, uh, just do it the day before, and then drop it in a Yeti cooler full of boiling water. Dump the boiling water out. Put your brisket in there. Shut it. Go to sleep for the whole night, and then eat it tomorrow for lunch. That's right. Be done with it, or like cook it till three, two o'clock in the morning, okay, and then eat it for dinner the next day. They're like, "Will it still be good?" Right. I'm like, "Bro, yeah. it'll be the best for you." Yeah, yeah you can't, you won't be able to pick it up with your hands. Every, How about everybody's, that? Everybody's right worried about the, uh, the 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 food poisonings. Like, oh, is it just gonna spoil the if it stays out for like or in a like a cooler or whatever for six hours? Is it gonna still be good? I'm like, yeah, it's still gonna be good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love it. I love and, and look and, and, and people are listening right now. If, if you're trying to cater, if you're trying to to to, to put your product out there, and which is, I mean, the lot of people out there like, if you're going to cook a brisket and try to serve it like when you pull it off or one hour later, I'm sorry, it's not going to be the resting time for that muscle uh, to, to, to 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 almost like a reverse osmosis if you think about it, right? Because it's cooling down and it's pulling those juices right back into the into the meat. You need that time. If you're trying to do it within an hour, it's not going to be good. Right. I think they're starting to set up and uh, get ready to, to do what they need to do. So we'll go. Uh, Grant, uh, please let the people know where they can get a hold of you, where they can come see you. Definitely, certainly sample the barbecue and cool. support. Yeah, we'll. Uh, you can come by our Houston store or our San Antonio store. And, you know, I love to interact with everybody on social media. So you can. You know, hit us up at Pinkerton's BBQ or uh, at G Pinks or at Grant Pinkerton on Instagram and uh, on TikTok at Pinkerton's BBQ. And then also on Instagram for kind of our competition, our sauces and seasoning line, and some of more creative cooking is at, at Come and Eat at Barbecue. So come and eat it? Yep. Nice. Come and eat it. I love that. Nice. I feel like we can probably sit here and talk barbecue for another I like know, man. 10 I got hours. so many different things I uh, want to ask. Like, I'm not even kidding, but. Yeah, hey, we already. I got are, his number right? now, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. screwed, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we can go out on a barbecue date. Sometime. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it, man. Yeah. I'm uh, definitely gonna be coming up to the restaurant soon. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 
Grant, hey, thank you for taking time, especially uh, now uh, during this uh, competition. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to come over here and Without talk about barbecue. You know, I will say that I'm like one of the harder people to get a hold of to wrangle onto a podcast because I'm squirrely, yeah. and I'm always going and doing crap. So yeah. <laughs> I was happy to be able to connect with you guys out here and sit down and, and knock one out and get off the snod so we can do another one. Cool. Cool. We're, ho- we're hoping that uh, we see you uh, run across that stage. I hope so, too. I'll let him know. All right. yeah. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. All right, guys. You heard it here first. I'm just kidding. Right. There you go. Hey, this is uh, 2022 World Championship Barbecue at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Uh, this is the, uh, the exit. The exit. Right. Yeah. Hey, listen, we've had some great guests on. Hopefully, y'all have learned some stuff. I think each one brought their own um, nuance or or craft uh, to this podcast. We really appreciate. Uh, give a big shout out to uh, Houston, yeah, Alex, Alex Castro. Uh, for for letting us hosting this yeah, thing, letting great. us come in here. Uh, unbelievable, uh, Dennis. Uh, I mean, Dennis coming in. I mean, again. Guys, go follow this dude. Uh, he's definitely going to... And, and I think he's one of the guys that he's just really, like, out to help other people, other entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. And then Grant. Grant coming in. He's a young guy, um, but but he he's very successful, and he's done it for a reason, right? Yeah. It's a reason why he's successful. He's doing things with, with the craft barbecue that, that wasn't done before. And I'm sure there's copycatters out there, but, hey, it's nice to be a little bit of an OG. And, look... I'm sure he's he's mimicked somebody else out there as well a little bit, right? I mean, everybody learns from somebody. Uh, three great guests coming on, and, yeah. and this is awesome. Well, not to re- reiterate, James, but uh, Alex Castro, thank you. Grant Harrington, thank you. And Dennis uh, Butterworth, thank you yep. for uh, if, uh, coming on the Grab the Brisket podcast. If you, if you want to get any more information on any of those folks, just scroll down. We'll have links to all their socials and, and websites and all that, that stuff. And uh, as far as websites, go check out grabthebrisket.com. There it is. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Thanks, everybody. We've been great. Dang it, Bobby. Just grab the brisket. We'd like to give a special thanks to Suckle Buster's Barbecue Rubs and Sauces, Bonner's Fiesta Spices, Cooley Nation Custom Koozies, Cambro Manufacturing, Yeti Coolers, the Smoke Sheet Barbecue Newsletter, and Dow Strong Knives. We definitely appreciate your support.